So uh, this video really uh, chronicles the victories that we've had in our partnership in Malawi over the t- in 2019. Uh, that includes uh, the completion of a church and a pastor's home in the Kapadula, Malawi uh, village. Our PNC Work and Witness team that traveled to uh, Malawi in August of 2019, which they uh, constructed these building projects, but also, as you noted, they were participants in a vacation Bible school in two locations that uh, attendance there swelled to over 700 kids in those two locations. Uh, This past year, we were able to uh, send funds in order to uh, complete, uh, uh, bring clean water to five villages, and uh, which means that those villages then, uh, lives are changed uh, for the whole village because now they have clean water. And in addition to that, we were able to um, send funds to begin a new church start in a town called uh, Impanella. So we are now supporting that pastor, and also we've provided funds so that they can purchase land for a church building. In addition to that, we send funds uh, through the donation, really uh, the gift of one individual, in which we send money so that one village, the children there were, were feeding seven, about 75 kids on a daily basis and about 200 kids on Saturdays. So we rejoice in what's happening, and we thank you for your participation, your involvement in this project, this partnership that we've developed with the, the uh, ministry and missionaries in Malawi. So our goals are um, great for 2020. Uh, we want to continue our renewed, uh, renew our prayer support for the people that we support on mission. And if you didn't receive this, I hope that uh, this morning you'll be able to pick up one of these brochures that we put together uh, called Partners in Mission. And inside it, on one panel, you'll note that there are multiple folks that we support through PNC for their missions. Some of them are local missionaries, uh, and some are uh, international missionaries. So we support Tim and Carla Duell, who serve in Papua New Guinea. We support Mel and Nori Grant, who are retired missionaries who've been a part of the uh, Wycliffe Bible uh, Program. Uh, Helen and uh, Wellington Abote, who are partners in Malawi. Also, we support Karen Kilmer, who is a local missionary from our church that does some tremendous discipleship ministries throughout our community. Bo Crescetto, who is uh, partnered with us in training and evangelism, but Bo and his family also serve in Louisiana with InterVarsity in the university program there. And also uh, Tim and Cassie Steele, who are part of our congregation, who do a tremendous work through the New Beginnings ministry here in Puyallup. So we're grateful. We believe that God can do anything far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request in our wildest dreams. He does it by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So we celebrate. I hope you catch the spirit of celebration. As we move toward 2020, you'll note on the screen that those are our financial goals for this year in in terms of giving. Partners on mission are our local and missionaries that we support. Missionary visits and promotion give us funds so that we can invite missionaries to come and provide for some of their visit while they're here. And then our Malawi, uh, the $60,000 is money that we're sending in our partnership to Malawi. Uh, We have people, we have a gentleman that's willing to um, match every dollar that we give from Malawi. Uh, He'll match that money. Is that amazing? 
This morning, um, between services, a guy came up to me and gave me a check from someone for $6,000 for a well. This morning. So, um, in, in my mind, uh, that scripture that says God can do anything far more than we could ever imagine or guess or request in our wildest dreams is happening. Um, God's up to something, and it's a joy for us and for you and for all of us to thank you for your contribution in making something magnificent happening for people both locally and for around the world. So we give thanks to that. Uh, Some of the goals, uh, prayer support for people on mission. We want to provide clean water for at least four villages. We already have one today. Fantastic. Uh, Prayer support for this new church start that we're beginning in Impanella and uh, prayer and financial support. Uh, I'm going to be able to go and do some teaching there uh, this summer, and so you can pray for me about that, that I'll get there and get home and stay healthy. And um, we're also praying that our local congregation will uh, will be able to be trained and will see the impact of developing spiritual conversations with people in our own neighborhoods. And our prayer is that the youth at PNC will creatively be involved in global mission, both local and and global. Uh, I was privileged to tag along to a um, youth retreat last um, weekend, and I saw with my own eyes that we have, the, the youth of PNC are ready to step up and to say yes to God and to be used by God in a whole lot of different areas. So I pray that uh, collectively as a congregation, we're going to support them we're going to see uh, how God is going to just open up the imaginations of these young people. Many of them are here today in, in ways that God's going to use their life. Uh, one couple that is kind of stepping out in some crazy areas for the Lord are um, Ben and Caitlin Clippert, and I'm going to invite them to come up, uh, uh, join me here for a second. Uh, Ben's been around the church, he said, probably like after he was day, a couple days old, his family had him here, so you've been you you know the you know the conduit of this place pretty well. You know all the nooks and crannies, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, but God led you to to go to school in in uh, Southern Nazarene University, absolutely, and put kind of a vision in you. And so, what were you? What, what's what's God? What are you pursuing in terms of your your mission? Right, and I think I am the product of growing up in a community that did value mission, valued service, valued reaching out into the community. Uh, And thankfully, through all of that, God has led me through working with many different organizations, has put a just a passion for social justice into my heart. And thankfully, I've gotten to work with that in a myriad of different contexts, with a myriad of different people. Uh, And I think God is something that I think he's taught me is uh, he will talk more if I am perceived perceptive to that. The more I'm listening, the more he's going to talk. And He's pushing into some new and scary territory right now, which is awesome, but we're kind of on the cusp of that right exactly. now. Exactly. And so you served in, in Oklahoma City, and now you serve at the Tacoma. Yeah, so I'm the current director of education and career development services for the Tacoma Rescue Mission. Fantastic. God's good. God uh, brought Caitlin into your life. Absolutely. Which I'm sure was a, a great deal for you. Oh, no. And, <laughs> uh, and Caitlin, God's birthed some amazing kind of a vision for you and uh, share a little bit about what what's happened where where God's directing your your interest. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, 
Hi, everyone. I'm Caitlin. Um, I grew up in Kansas and went to school in, uh, in Oklahoma at uh, SNU. And uh, my last year of college uh, went by, and I had a couple months before I was going to move up here. Um, and I was really trying to explore what I kind of wanted to do next and what I was really passionate about. Um, and I found an opportunity through a group called Courage for the Journey uh, through the Nazarene Church. It's a Nazarene, Nazarene missions effort in uh, Central Europe. Um, working with refugees who were coming from Northern Africa and the Middle East. And so um, I sent them a tiny Facebook message and was like, hey, how, how do I even begin to get involved? Uh, and they were like, come here. So that's what I did. Um, I spent two months in Belgrade, Serbia um, uh, this last summer um, working with refugees and cleaning up um, one specific refugee camp and painting uh, people's barracks and their doors and walls. And then I spent a little bit of time there also teaching English to people who needed to, to learn in order to transition to different countries. And because of that, God's kind of birthing this crazy idea, vision for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And what might that be? <laughs> and it's scary to even think about this, scary in an awesome way, but we feel that God is calling us to not only be short-term support, but long-term support for these ministries. We feel called to the refugee community, uh, especially in Central and Eastern Europe, so we feel that God is call- calling us to both relocate and be uh, hands on the ground in order to best serve this population. What do you think? Is that amazing? So... Uh, it, it, I get excited when I think about what God is birthing in young adults to follow him. And so I just would encourage you to pray for these guys uh, following, come up and visit with them and catch, catch that vision. And uh, can we just stop for a second right now and just pray for him? Father, um, we thank you that you call us and you call us to stuff that's far beyond what we could ever do with our own abilities and with our own finances and with our resources. But we have found that you are able to do far more than we could imagine. And so we pray for Ben and Caitlin in this journey um, as they just take it step by step, that you will provide for them, give them the opportunities, the open doors, and may uh, they live their lives for the honor and glory of Jesus. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you guys. We're proud of you. Thanks for coming up. Uh, Thank you, uh, Tom and and Ben and Caitlin. So as we were thinking about the service, we wanted you to have a glimpse into the reality that God is calling people. Some of you, you you worship with them and you don't even know, like, what the call of God is upon their life, right? Right? And uh, one person I want to uh, invite up uh, that worships among us is Amelia Lee. Would you just come? Would you guys welcome Amelia? So we were just like, as, as we thought about this, uh, we were thinking about, well, what, like, what ignited a call within you? You know, how, how did this, like, get a hold of your life? And so, Amelia, I love your story. Why don't you just, yeah. uh, I just like to say, bring some glory to God yeah, right yeah. in this, so. Um, I was originally, I guess, introduced to the call of missions on my life um, because I was personally impacted by a local ministry, so New Beginnings Home here in Puyallup. In 2009, I was in an unhealthy dating relationship and got pregnant and was desperate for uh, hope and answers and help and uh, found New Beginnings. And I lived there for six months, and in that time, my life was totally transformed 
by the love of God. And, um, uh, I moved out, um, after that period and had my son shortly after that and caring for a newborn, um, is exhausting. And there was, I was feeling all the emotions of that. Um, but I was also experiencing all these emotions, uh, that I had never experienced before, like being really broken for other people. And I couldn't help but think about the other women that were at New Beginnings that were transitioning out and having their babies that didn't know Jesus yet, that didn't know, hadn't experienced um, the, the same freedom yet or hadn't, just felt forced to maybe go back to old habits or patterns. And, and so I, I, I started to pray and ask the Lord to have a house for single moms, a continuation, so that there wasn't just the maternity home, but also a housing program that these moms could trans, like transition to and still get the same care and same support and same um, and same services that they were getting at the maternity home. So um, that became my my prayer to have a, a home, and um, and it was always a desire of of the directors to have a home for single moms, but no one um, God hadn't hadn't pulled out that person yet that was able to wanted to staff it or oversee that. And so I knew that God was really starting to show me that that's what He wanted me to do. He wanted me to open that home with new beginnings. Um, and so in 2012. Uh, a single moms, the single moms program did open and I've been, um, staffing, um, that housing program with new beginnings since then. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's like, isn't that awesome? So it's just like God, here's, I mean, we know this, but sometimes it slips our mind. God takes the raw materials of our lives. What's, what's broken. And, you know, and we think this can never be used, right? But he takes this. And then with his redemptive love, restorative justice, he brings us into wholeness and, uh, and opens the door. Yeah, right? yeah. So you've just been pursuing this, right? Yeah. Like what, what the pleasure you have in pursuing this, what, what, how does that, ah, that's just got to touch your soul yeah. so deep. Yeah, it's, and it's not something I feel like that you can hold on to, right? Like you ha- I was just, I couldn't help but give it away, like give back, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so there's, here's this, right? So the life that God has stirred in you and then not being able to hold it back, right? Yeah. And, and to see the need, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, again, praying for the harvest. No, pray for workers into the harvest field and to be, and to say, here am I, right? Yeah. Yeah. So your son's name is? Isaiah. Ah, Isaiah, that's a good book. He wrote a good book of the Bible, right? <laughs> Isaiah, so Isaiah yeah. 6, that's where Isaiah says, he saw the Lord, and he said, and he overheard, overheard God say, would you like to overhear the conversation in heaven? He overheard God say, who will go? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. I know that you desire your son to have that same heart, right? Yeah, yes. And God desires all of us to have that same Isaiah heart, that same Jesus-transformed heart, right? Yeah. Oh man, thank you for what yeah. for what you do, man. Yeah, and thank you. Uh, and we just love new beginnings, right? And it's part of the support of this uh, church's missions ministry. And so we just want to pray. Let's pray over uh, Amelia and over new beginnings. So Father, thank you so much. We bless your name. We we thank you because you call us <laughs> and you you equip us, and we find ourselves in places we never dreamed we could be but something inside of us always hoped we would be Mm -hmm. and i want to thank you for this amazing grace that has tracked amelia down is working through her life 
and is uh, impacting the lives of others. We pray more and more and more labors into the harvest field. Bless her. Bless New Beginnings. Bless all that ministry. Bless all the women there and children. We're so grateful for the privilege of being like bonded with that ministry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. So you'll pray for it, right? For Ben and Caitlin and, and also for Amelia. And, and just know that God is, um, God is up, to, up to big things. right? Now, you may not realize that you are actually called to play. You're, you're called to be in the game. You're called to play. Yesterday, I was talking with our son, Benji, and he said, oh, guess what? He says, I'm going to be uh, uh, coaching uh, uh, my, you know, Sam's, it's his son, is Sam's uh, Babe Ruth team in baseball. I go, yeah. He says, how'd you come to that? He says, well, they said they needed someone, and we decided we didn't want to be the people that stood back and said, well, somebody ought to do that. <laughs> and it's so easy to stand back and say, well, somebody ought to do that, right? But to listen for the call of God upon our hearts. Did you know that the last instructions in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus of Nazareth, the now risen Lord, after he'd given his life on the cross, the last instructions read like this out of the message translation. It says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. And then the next verse says this. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave this charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. I will be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. The word of the Lord, the command and the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, when I say to you, okay, you're called. If you got a phone call that says, hey, you're called up. That's what Jesus is saying to every person who says, I'm a follower of Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. Then he says, you're called. He said, but I don't have things quite all together in my life, right? I, I don't think I know enough, and I don't, I'm, I don't think I know the Bible well enough. I don't think I, you know, I have, I have flaws in my own life. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in some areas and, and, and all, and we find ways of disqualifying ourselves. I think it's really interesting in this passage of Scripture, the context in which Jesus gives this command. It says that the moment they saw him, they worshipped him, Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, risking their lives totally. Or as one translation says, which I think is rather insightful, it says that not everyone worshipped him. Some had lingering doubts. So there's not just, it's like uh, what they were seeing, their faith hadn't caught up yet to what they were seeing. They were actually seeing the risen Lord, but their faith hadn't caught up to that, and so they have lingering doubts. I think that happens to a lot of us. Here's the deal. Jesus, undeterred, says to those who worship him and to those who have lingering doubts, but they were there. He says, "This, this is my 
commission to you. He didn't say, okay, those of you who are like, you're not quite together, you don't have it all together yet, I'm going to just set you aside for a bit, you got some more work to do, but to the rest of you, here, I want you to go, I want you to make disciples. He didn't say that, he took the whole bunch, all 11, you know, where would you have placed yourself, you know, in, in the separation there? He just lumps it all together and says, I'm commissioning you, I'm instructing you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples. I want you to do that while you go in the way. And I want you to baptize them in the threefold name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit for a transformed life. And I want you then to teach them to practice everything that I'm commanding you. It's like, okay, we're all learners together, right? The disciples are making disciples. You see, this is like, this is like we get to play. It's, it's like you may want to disqualify yourself and say, I'm not smart enough. I'm not long enough in my Christian faith. Uh, I, don't, I don't know enough. I've, I got some areas that are, are still rough, you know, in my life. I still feel wounded. Jesus says, all right, good. I have you right in the perfect place of dependence upon me. And here's what I want you to do. I'm sending you. I want you to go. You're the one. You're called. You're called to play. Don't outsource this to somebody else, to the professionals or to the religious elite or to somebody that you think is especially, you know, hyper ready in some way. I am commissioning you. So that means you take what Jesus has done in your life, what, what you know of Jesus, and you start imparting it to somebody else. It means that, that whether it's uh, in your family or neighborhood or at your school, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's just along the way, in your networks, as Bo has taught us, in the, in the networks that you have, then you begin to ask the question, Lord, who am I to be pouring my life into so that I can make known to them what you're doing in my life and invite them into the practices of Jesus, invite them into believing this outrageous, wonderful good news. There are people around you to whom you are the workers that Jesus calls. It, it's it's local. It's more local than you than you can imagine. It's in your neighborhood. It's in your school. It's in your relationships. It's incredibly local, right? It's not just about partners and mission. That, partners and mission is just our organizational side of trying to engage people in in this mission, and it's a big deal. And it's a great way to start stepping into it. But I will tell you this: the real work is done, right? By your one-on-one life with people. Inviting them into, into community. If you could understand that it's not going to be, it's not, the majority of, of salvations and redemptions and great God stories are not going to happen because, you know, I'm doing it, you know, in my, you know, in some official capacity like this. It's going to happen because you, you are there, you're present when the crisis arrives. You're there in the relationships. You're there in the neighborhood. You're there with people. Wow, and we're called, every one of us, to make disciples. I was so impacted a couple of weeks ago when I saw this short testimonial from a guy that has planted himself in mission in, um, in Brazil. So I would like for you just to pay attention to what he's saying. Discipleship, if you look at the example of Jesus, it's an actual day-to-day, the word in Portuguese is convivio, in English would be living, almost living together, not necessarily in the same home, but a direct contact, all the time in contact with that person. And uh, so the idea is, is to reproduce the character of Jesus in your disciple. 
your character may have flaws, but Jesus' character does not have flaws. So if we can reproduce the character of Jesus in our disciple, then we've been a good discipler. In my own personal life, my father was my one-on-one discipler. And the vision that I have today, the calling that I have today, was imparted from my discipler, my father. After my father passed away, God used several other different great men of God so that I could be accountable to them and so that they could speak into my life, correct me where I was wrong. If it were not for one-on-one discipleship, I guarantee you that I would not be where I am today serving the Lord. I would be a miserable wreck. And I've seen this with my disciples as well. People that were lost, completely lost. Today, winning people for Jesus, making other disciples as well, planning other churches. Jesus never said to pray for the harvest field. No, we pray for workers. And there's only one way that we can raise up workers, and that is through discipleship. We've seen through the, through the centuries so many big moves of God, many hundreds, thousands of people getting saved, and then within a few short generations, it's all gone. It disappears. Why? Because they did not make disciples that truly lasted. So my father passed away. I was 13 years old. He's gone. Someday I'm going to be gone. If Jesus doesn't return first, I'm going to leave too. I'm going to die. But who am I going to leave? I want to leave a generation of disciples who will make disciples better than I can. That way we will have a great move of God that won't end. In fact, it will usher in the return of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh my goodness, right? Yeah, praise the Lord. It just like, it draws us into this. I just think that the disciples of Jesus, even though with fear and trepidation, they would end up saying, we get to do this? We get, we get to be a part of this after the fiasco of our denials and betrayals and, and, and the collapse of our, of, our, of our group. And, you know, we deserted you at the crucifixion. And, oh my goodness, and now you're saying that we can do this? And he fully equipped them. Now to him who is able, according to the power that is in you, to do extraordinarily beyond all that you could ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. According to the power that's in you. The power released on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the age. I will be with you day after day after day as you go and fulfill what I've called you to do. And so during this fast, during this time, these 21 days, it'd be a great time to just begin to say, God, you know, you called me into the game. What am I, what am I doing? How do I do that? Just start asking me. Enter into a conversation, right? So expose yourself to uh, the opportunities that are given. Freezing nights, poverty 101 and 201 this weekend, right? Uh, missions in, in, in Malawi, right? Helping out at our schools. Just like, you know, caring about your neighborhood. Open your eyes. Just ask God, open my eyes. Or as Amelia said, break my heart with what breaks you. Or as Caitlin said, I just kept going in college. She said in the first service that every summer I just went into different experiences and say, God, is this it? God, is this it? God, is this it? So we're just making ourselves available. We're learning where God wants us to be planted, where we are to be harvesters. And by the way, you don't have to go far. It all starts within your networks where you are right now. This is partners in missions. Everybody together bringing the beauty of Jesus. I conclude with a word by the Apostle Paul in which, in which he said these, uh, these, these, these great words in, in Ephesians. He said, if I can find it quickly. Yeah, he said this. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to the message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. He said, I was the least qualified of any available Christians. 
God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And then he said, through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about all across the globe and even among the angels. You got heaven talking because God is at work through your life and through my life. Father, thank you. We bless you. We want to ask you, is there anything in the way? We pray for laborers into the harvest field. What's hindering us? Is anything stopping us? What fears? Do we feel like there's not enough love or not enough time or not enough resources? Have we lost our passion for you? Or do we just simply not understand? Lord, teach us and draw us into your way of influencing the whole world in the direction of the glory of the person and work of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We get to do this. We get to do this through giving, through praying, through participating in a mission in our world. It all is now. It's not just later.